You're listening to a music and talk episode where full songs and talk segments play together only on Spotify. Best of all, you can create your own music and talk show for free with Anchor, Spotify's podcasting platform. Get started at anchor.fm slash music and talk. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash M-U-S-I-C-A-N-D-T-A-L-K. A lot of spelling there, but just do it. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Forgive me for this, but I'd like to describe for you now one of the most striking and unsightly logos in rap logo history. It's the logo for the Oakland rap group Loonies. That's L-U-N-I-Z. Loonies consist of the rappers Yuckmouth and Numskull. I'll spell those later. This logo is on the cover of the duo's first official release, the 1994 EP formerly known as Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes is one word, L-U-N-I, capital T-U-N-E-S. That's formally, not form early. Although I do like to imagine Yuckmouth and Numskull waking up one day and finding on their porch a giant cartoon bomb with a cartoonishly long fuse burning down, which gives them time to read the cease and desist from the Acme Corporation that's taped to the bomb. Formerly known as Looney Tunes is available on cassette and 12-inch vinyl. So, the cover, the logo. The Looney's logo is a walking condom or a standing condom. The condom has a face. The condom is mean-mugging you, essentially. In subsequent versions, the condom often wears an eye patch to better echo the Oakland Raiders logo. The condom is holding a handgun in one hand and a beverage of some sort in the other. I don't want to speculate. Also, okay, the tip of the condom is the head, obviously, and so it's open at the bottom and gushing out of the condom. It's, it's a used condom, okay? I'm trying to be delicate here. The condom is standing in a substantial white puddle of its own creation. It's wearing Air Maxes. How do you even clean? It's, it, it's gross. All right? It's striking. It's effective. Now imagine yourself walking down Telegraph Avenue in Oakland, and you are accosted by an armed condom standing in a white puddle, the reaction, the series of reactions you would have to this. You'd be like, oh, shit. And then you'd be like, what the fuck? And then you'd be like, wow, that's hilarious. And then you'd be like, ugh. And that is what it's like to listen to Bay Area rap. Suck up the dank like a Slurpee, the serious Mom will make a nigga go delirious like Eddie Murphy I got more growing pains than Maggie Cause homies nag me to take the dank out of the bag That's Yuckmouth. One word, no C in Yuckmouth. Yuckmouth knows that Maggie was the name of the mom on the old ABC sitcom Growing Pains. It's very impressive. I doubt Growing Pains star Kirk Cameron would approve of the armed gushing condom, but who asked him? Bougies can hit, but they know they got a pitch and bent. I roll a joint that's longer than your extension. Cause I'll be damned if you get high off me for free. Hell no, you better bring your own slip cheap. That's numbskull. One word, no B. In numbskull, numbskull further elucidates the theme of this particular song, which of course boils down to 
Everybody throw in some money and let's buy some weed. That's Michael Marshall singing the hook. Michael Marshall got screwed. My name is Rob Harvilla. This is 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. And today we're discussing I Got Five on It by Loonies. From their 1995 debut album, Operation Stackola. I Got Five on It, arguably the greatest Bay Area rap song of all time, or arguably the greatest weed rap song of all time, or arguably both. We will discuss, in particular, the I Got Five on It remix, as there are a bunch more excellent rappers on the remix, and I intend to use I Got Five on It as an excuse to celebrate 90s Bay Area rap as a whole, because Bay Area rap is fantastic, and also, often, stupendously weird. It's all quite striking, and or menacing, and or surreal, and or alarmingly beautiful. Let me give you an example. I was going to do this whole thing, but then I thought better of it, and now I'm going to tell you what I was going to do, which is the same thing as doing it. It's a tick of mine. Sorry. Anyway, I grew up mostly in Ohio and live here again now, but I moved to Oakland, California in 2003, and I have never fallen in love with a place, a physical place on site, the way I fell in love with Lake Merritt in Oakland, a neighborhood and an actual lake. I'd moved to Oakland to take a job as music editor of an alt-weekly called the East Bay Express. My new editor was driving me around town. It was dusk. Lake Merritt is 3.4 miles or so around if you walk it, which I would go on to walk around Lake Merritt like 50,000 times. It's adorned by a necklace of lights, a string of bright white lights, almost Christmas lights. The architecture, the range of architectural styles and the buildings, the apartments surrounding Lake Merritt, Victorian, Art Deco, Spanish colonial, etc. The old-fashioned marquee of the Grand Lake Theater. I saw The Matrix Reloaded at the Grand Lake Theater. The old-fashioned organ player who jammed before the movie started was the best part of The Matrix Reloaded. The bright colors, the eccentricity, the mix of old and even older, the character of Lake Merritt. It's 67 degrees or so the vast majority of the time. If you're 25-year-old Ohio-born me, at least, in that moment, there's a breathtaking vista in virtually any direction. What song could possibly do justice to the wonder and splendor of this moment? This is my over-romanticized memory, so I'm going to further remember that KMEL, the famous Bay Area radio station, is blasting from my editor's car radio as he's driving me around Lake Merritt. And furthermore, this is the song KMEL is playing, a song that was at this point exactly 10 years old, but still felt, and will forever feel, infinite. That, of course, is 93 Till Infinity by the Oakland rap group Souls of Mischief. Souls of Mischief, part of the larger Hieroglyphics crew. The Hieroglyphics logo is itself quite famous, a circle with three dots over a horizontal line, like the expressionless emoji with a third eye, just as memorable and iconic as the gun-toting used condom, just a different approach. In 1994, KMEL aired like an hour-long live rap battle between Hieroglyphics and another Oakland crew called Hobo Junction. It started as a dispute between Casual from Hieroglyphics and Sephir 
from Hobo Junction, but radiated outward. Famous rap battle. Maybe the best ever rap battle you could listen to in real time on your car stereo. The Hieroglyphics crew also included the Oakland rapper Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, who's Ice Cube's cousin. In 1991, Dell put out his first solo album, I Wish My Brother George Was Here, which is a Looney Tunes reference. Actually, on that album, you will find one of the most random and bizarre and infectious loops imaginable. Mr. I hesitated to wax rhapsodic about Lake Merritt because Lake Merritt has never necessarily been ground zero for Bay Area rap. And also starry-eyed, 20-something white Midwestern knuckleheads moving to the Bay would have, over time, quite a jarring effect on Bay Area culture and sociology and an outright deleterious effect on Bay Area real estate prices. We're going to jump around from rapper to rapper, from song to song, from emotion to emotion. But we'll start with Looney's. These guys first rose to prominence in 1993 when they guest starred alongside the rapper Drew Down, D-R-U Down, on a song called Ice Cream Man. They aren't selling ice cream. Obviously, here's Yuck Mouth. This was three years before Master P had a big song called Mr. Ice Cream Man on a big album called Ice Cream Man. Master P had moved from his native New Orleans to Richmond, California, 20 minutes drive or so north of Oakland. Like me, in a manner of speaking, Master P would eventually move back home, in this case, back to New Orleans. Drew Down and Looney's got pissed, of course, about this thievery of the Ice Cream Man concept. Words were exchanged. That battle didn't necessarily play out on the radio. Nevertheless... Looney signed to a major label and put out their debut full-length album, which to repeat was named Operation Stackola in 1995. Great title. Love saying that title. Operation Stackola's biggest hit by a substantial margin is I Got Five on it. Some thievery was allegedly involved as well in the pre-Looney's genesis of this beat. So... Michael Marshall, a singer and songwriter from nearby Berkeley, California. He could sing gospel, he could sing R&B, he could sing pop. In the mid-80s, Michael was the lead singer and primary songwriter for an R&B group called Timex Social Club. It's unclear to me how a cartoon bomb with a cease and desist tape to it did not appear on their porch with a Timex-branded watch counting down. Good for them. Timex Social Club had a top 10 pop hit in 1986 with Rumors. Rumors. Remains of the fucking jam. Look at all these rumors surrounding me every day. I just need some time, some time to get away. That's Michael Marshall on lead vocals. Quite a distinctive voice. There's an anthemic yearning, a really appealing and palpable angst to this guy's voice, whether he's yearning for love or truth or uh, weed. Rumors was the first track on Timex Social Club's only album, 1986's Vicious Rumors. Track two, co-written by Michael Marshall, is called Thinking About You. And here's where the tumultuous journey to I Got Five on It begins. So soon, Timex Social Club breaks up and the group's producer, a guy named Jay King, immediately starts a new group without Michael Marshall called Club Nouveau. Club Nouveau's first album 
Life, Love, and Pain, comes out in late 1986. Same year. Track one is called Jealousy and is a very explicit copy of Rumors. Track two is called Why You Treat Me So Bad and sounds quite a bit like thinking about you. Michael Marshall is not credited as a songwriter on Why You Treat Me So Bad, which is going to matter quite a bit a few years later when a Bay Area rap producer named Tone Capone, outstanding name, attempts to sample Why You Treat Me So Bad for a new song he's working on called I Got Five on it. Yuckmouth was the more prominent rapper in Looney's, or in any event, he'd go on to have a far more prolific solo career. In 2003, actually, Yuckmouth put out an album called Godzilla. He actually started a label called Godzilla Entertainment. And then one morning, the real Godzilla appeared on his porch, breathing fire in lieu of a cease and desist. It was a whole thing. But anyway, Yuckmouth credits his old partner, Numskull, for sketching out the concept of I Got Five on it. The concept being, to repeat, everybody throw in some money and let's buy some weed. Outstanding concept. Truly. Tone Capone, though, struggled a bit to get the sample right. So in the end, he decided to replay, to re-record key elements of Why You Treat Me So Bad. And for help with that, he turned to an old high school buddy named Michael Marshall. He's back. He is now functionally remaking a song that ripped him off. Michael is very much into the everybody throwing some money and let's buy some weed concept. And he's got some great ideas about refining the hook. I do want to shout out the sample of Cool in the Gang's Jungle Boogie that almost haunts the completed I Got Five on It beats. The thing where you take a cheerful song and make it sound ominous, I don't think it gets any better than that. So in 2019, when the trailer for Jordan Peele's new horror movie, Us, comes out, and it starts with a family playing I Got Five on It on their car stereo, and then the trailer is set to a horror movie version of I Got Five on It. That thing where you take an old hit song and turn it into a scary movie soundtrack, I don't think it gets any better than that. But Michael Marshall was not necessarily celebrating. The Ringer interviewed him for a piece around the time of the Us trailer. Turns out Michael had somehow incorrectly filed his paperwork back in the mid-90s and was not initially listed as a publisher on I Got Five on it. No publishing rights. He only started getting royalties in 2005, by which point he'd struggled for several years with drug addiction and homelessness. This entire debacle around how I Got Five on it was built and what it became and how he was excluded from much of that process, Michael would summarize it all by saying, it's been a constant circle of fuckery in what seems like a conspiracy to not let me shine. Michael did get a solo career going in 2005. Also in 2019, that's him singing the old hippie jam, San Francisco, Be Sure to Wear Flowers in Your Hair, in the trailer for that rad movie, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. This guy consistently, when you hear him, you know it's him, and you feel him. Hey, if you're going... Also around 2005, Michael moved to California's Mendocino County and joined the increasingly lucrative weed-growing community there. He's got his own grow now in Laytonville. He says that because of I Got Five on it, he's treated like a god. Rightly so. Good for him. As for loonies, I don't mean to shortchange loonies. They were not album artists, per se, but Operation Stackle has got some jams 
plural. Playa Hata, very much among them. Playa Hata was a breezy and quite melodic song about how mad people were at loonies for being successful. Yuck mouth again. Notice I got a little mail now Cause everybody but Oh you and I see like hell now You just the bust around in blood you know Cause red and protein rooms around the town like club and vote Nice shout out to Michael Marshall there Or nice shout out to the guys who ripped off Michael Marshall Or both It's confusing It's a constant circle of fuckery Anyway, great chorus on Play a Hater Why do It is a genuine thrill, both within and without the Bay Area, whenever a Bay Area rap song becomes a national hit, an international hit. A rare thing, too. I Got Five on it peaked at number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. It was also, for the record, a number one hit in the Netherlands. L-M-A-O, a huge crossover hit. I can confirm anecdotally that I Got Five on it was very popular among 20-something white Midwestern knuckleheads. How many frat houses have you heard I Got Five on it blaring out of in your life? Frat houses, plural. I thought so. Moreover, this is a National Bay Area hit that retains the weirdness, the ominousness, the eccentricity inherent to Bay Area rap. That doesn't always happen. Or does it? You decide if Oakland native MC Hammer's 1990 mega smash You Can't Touch This qualifies as eccentric. I tour around the world from London to the Bay. It's Hammer Go, Hammer, MC Hammer, Yo, Hammer, and the rest can't go in play. Can't touch this. Pretty weird song, honestly, but I do wish it had a remix with a half dozen or so much weirder Bay Area rappers the way I Got Five on it did. I don't recommend or even condone reading YouTube comments in general, but a YouTube comment on the I Got Five on it remix did strike me. It says, I like the fact that there's seven rappers on here from the same place at that, and none of them sound the same. First up, it's our old friend, the ice cream man, Drew Down. In 1993, Drew had a big hit with Pimp of the Year, NSFW. He made an awfully convincing case for himself. You heard him. Then comes a new numbskull verse. It's fine. Then comes Richie Rich formerly of the Oakland group 415, back in the late 80s when 415 was Oakland's area code. Snoop Doggy Dog down in Long Beach started out in a group called 213 and talked up Richie Rich quite a bit. And I do hear a resemblance, though I couldn't quite say why. Most Zacks believe that token. Where you from? Oakland smoking. I just got it. They both sound stoned all the time. That was easy. Spent some time with Richie Rich. Spent some time just with Let's Ride from 1996. He sounds like he's got like 5,000 on it. How many MCs must get this before somebody say don't fuck with Rich? It's evidential. The presidential slap on the wrist. Who that new nigga from Oakland with that brand new twist? Next up is E-40. E-40 is the best. E-40 is the pride, the soul of Vallejo, California, which is a 45-minute or so drive north from Oakland. But you can cut the drive down to 45 seconds if you drive as fast as he often raps. 
Forty makes it happen. Five gate slapping revenue growth and just a little bit lightweight. Flambos and potent fumes linger. Mighty clouds and northern lights. Respect the victor bearing and you'll be violating my civil rights. You heard him, Flam Boston. E-40 has been threatening to put out a book of rap slang, much of it originating with E-40 himself, since like 1998. He is my all-time favorite Bay Area rapper and quite possibly my all-time favorite rapper, period. And he exemplifies, for me, Bay Area rap's singular fusion of whimsy and menace. He's playful, but it's the hardest playfulness imaginable. He sounds like a cartoon character. He sounds like a god. Really what it is, he exemplifies for me the series of reactions one ideally has to bury a rap. Oh, shit. What? That's hilarious. Ugh. That is you, basically, listening to an E-40 song called Captain Save-A-Ho. E-40 has put out somewhere between like 30 and 50 albums, and it's mandatory that you listen to all of them. But go ahead and start with In a Major Way. From 1995, his sister, Sugar T, joined him on a song called Sprinkle Me. I be more hippin' than a hippopotamus. Get off in your head like a neurologist. Cause I'm awake to notless. Got a partner by the name of Tupacalus. The 707, my roots go hell far back to floor terrace. I pull a 40 out of my ball cap and then I flush it down my sophagaris. Hippopotamus, neurologist, Atlas, Tupacalypse, Floyd Terrace, that's in Vallejo, Esophagaris. E-40 is the best. Next up, there's a new Yuckmouth verse. It's fine. Next up, after that, we got Shock G. Perhaps you know him by another name. Back to get my old on. They let me flow on. The 35 on it. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, that's Shock G from Digital Underground. You want to talk about a national Bay Area hit that retains the weirdness and eccentricity of Bay Area rap? Look no further than 1990's Almighty The Humpty Dance, which I've made a point of referencing in as many episodes of this show as possible. My nose is big. Uh-uh, I'm not ashamed. Big like a pickle. I'm still getting paid. I get laid by the ladies. You know I'm in charge. Both how I'm living and my nose is large. I get stupid. Has Bob Dylan, in all his voluble splendor, ever written a single line with a piercing moral clarity of both how I'm living and my nose is large? I don't think so. I just realized today that there's a 69 reference in the Humpty Dance. In a 69, my Humpty nose will tickle your rear. An eternally rewarding experience the Humpty Dance. It just missed the top 10 on the Hot 100, number 11. That's perfect to me, somehow. As you might be aware, Tupac Shakur started out as a dancer for the Digital Underground. Tupac shows up with another of the best songs on E-40s in a major way. It's called Dusted and Disgusted. I'm running out of time here, and I've gotten to like 10% of the Bay Area rappers I was hoping to mention. Last guest on the I Got Five on It remix is Spice One. Spice stands for Sex, Pistols, Indo, Cash, and Entertainment. He pretty quickly gets to three out of five here. Spice One is from Hayward. A half-hour drive southwest of Oakland if you're not driving at E-40 speed. One of Spice One's signature songs is called 187 Proof, which is a crime storytelling deal in which all the characters are named after types of alcohol or alcohol brands. Peppermint Schnapps shoots Mr. Martini with a Colt 45, etc. The video for 187 Proof depicts a bottle of Peppermint Schnapps shooting a martini glass wearing a police uniform 
with a Colt 45. It's like if Slick Rick took over Pee Wee's Playhouse. Menace. Whimsy. It's weird. It's hard. You couldn't tell that Jen was a bitch, though. Because she was fucking some nigga named Cisco. Cisco. knew tonight they'd come with two fat niggas named Bacardi and Run. I could bombard you with Bay Area rap songs for the next 45 minutes. I am heartbroken, actually, that I can't do this. The whistle riff and young Selsky's living in the bay. The whale sounds and Andre Nicotina's kill a whale. The way the rap duo Conscious Daughters pronounce the word funky in the song Something to Ride to, Funky Expedition. The second best weed rap song in Bay Area and possibly world history, if you're interested, comes to us from RBL Posse from Hunter's Point, San Francisco. This song is concerned more with weed quality than weed quantity. It is called Don't Give Me No Bammer Weed. I love saying, don't give me no bammer weed. Don't give me no bammer weed. We don't smoke that shit in a SFC. Don't give me no bammer weed. We don't smoke that shit in a SFC. It's good advice. I do need to also mention Too Short. Arguably, E-40 and Too Short are the twin towers of Bay Area rap. Too Short is from Oakland and spent much of the 80s selling his own tapes, many of them quite lurid and pornographic, out of the trunk of his own car. To this day, whenever a rapper sells his or her own music independently, you are legally obligated to mention how Too Short used to sell his own tapes out of the trunk of his own car. The first of those Too Short tapes came out in 1983. His 10-minute, extra-lurid and pornographic song called Freaky Tales came out in 1987. By the 90s, he was already a legend, a towering veteran, a sage dispenser of wisdom, and a world-renowned virtuoso in his use of one word in particular, guess. Bitches come a dime a dozen, so don't get mad when I fuck your cousin. Your two sisters, I even fuck your ex-bitch. Show dog in the house with some player shit. That's from I'm a Player from 1993. Every Too Short album is also mandatory. Go ahead and start with 1989's Life Is Too Short. He should have been on the I Got Five on It remix, but he and Yuckmouth never got along. Too Short is dissed on the loony song Play a Hata, actually, for moving to Atlanta. At one point, Too Short's protégés included a rap duo called Bad Influence, consisting of the rappers Rappin' Ron and Ant Diddley Dog. And apparently a lot of the hostility here stems from a freestyle rap battle between Bad Influence and Loonies, where the loser had to buy the winner pizza. Tragically, this was not broadcast on the radio. Is that rap battle protocol that the loser has to buy the winner pizza? I don't remember that from 8 Mile. That should be the rule. I cannot express how it changes a physical place, how it changes the atmosphere, how it alters your own DNA to hear songs this weird and this bumptious and this steely and this goofy and this hard-nosed and this bass-heavy on mainstream radio. It was glorious. I imagine it was glorious to be there in the 90s. I imagine it's still glorious now. As for my stretch in Oakland for much of my time, the Bay Area was celebrating, which is to say mourning, Mac Dre in particular. Last rapper I'll mention, I promise. Mac Dre was also from Vallejo. 
Bactria was also lewd and peculiar and wildly prolific. In 1993, he put out a song called Too Hard for the Fucking Radio. It was. In 1998, he put out an album called Stupid Doo Doo Dumb. It was. That's a compliment. Here is Mac Dre rhyming Funyuns and Bunions on a song called Fish Head Stew. I'm just a pimp man trying to stack some funyuns so I can have French maids pedicure my bunions. Oh, you ain't know it? What did you know? Your hutch must be feeding you fish head stew. That's the chorus. Unbelievable. Mac Dre was shot and killed in Kansas City in 2004. The Bay Area, which already loved him, has been extravagantly deifying him ever since. I heard his song Feeling Myself from the 2004 album Ronald Dragon colon Dragonomics on KMEA like 50,000 times. I loved hearing it each and every one of those 50,000 times. Hyphy was huge. By the mid-2000s. I hope I get to tell you about Ivy some other time. I was a knuckle-headed Midwestern white kid. I was trying in real time to wrap my head around how much of this music, this lifestyle, I could even hypothetically claim as my own. None of it was the answer. And yet, it's a matter of appreciating the lingo, marveling at the lingo, without actually pretending to use the lingo. I was not riding sideways. I was not ghost-riding the whip. I was not personally acquainted with the thiz face. Never had five on it even once. Not really. I was just another dopey kid along for the ride. Feeling electrified. Feeling grateful. Feeling infinite. All I could really do to show my appreciation as I drove around Lake Merritt was to turn the radio up. So that's what I did. We are fortunate to have two guests today. We have Oakland's own Logan Murdoch, staff writer at The Ringer and co-host of the Real Ones podcast as part of The Ringer NBA show. Hi, Logan. What's happening? But we also have Oakland's own Marcus Thompson, Bay Area columnist for The Athletic and author of books on both Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Uh, Marcus, when Logan suggested we include you as well, he made a point of saying that you're from the same neighborhood as Richie Rich. So congratulations, uh, congratulations on that. Yeah, and, hold, and on, hold on, hold on, Richie Rich from my neighborhood. Let's get this straight. <laughs> let's, let's get this Excuse straight. Excuse me, I misspoke. That's no, nah, he, he older than me, so he he got it. Okay, which neighborhood is that? Just just for East the record. Oakland. We from the deep east. It's a whole other level out here. All we right, from the deep off in parts where you know the gentrification still ain't touched yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty deep at this point, unfortunately. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. As an obnoxiously broad question to get us started, what makes a Bay Area rap song a Bay Area rap song? Like, what differentiates this music from what's coming out of New York or out of L.A. or out of the South? What makes the Bay the Bay musically? I look forward to Logan's answer to this because he's he's a he's a connoisseur of connoisseurs. Let's go. Yes, he is. I, I think, this is a quiz, Logan. Answer yeah, it think, properly. <laughs> I think what makes that Bay Area slap a Bay Area slap is that Bay Area people obnoxiously like it more than everybody else, and we will let you know that it is the best thing you've ever heard, no matter yes. what. Is that a fair ding, uh, ding. thing, Marcus? There we go. Ding ding. Uh, if we lose our minds over it, I mean, if we're being just very technical about it. If it's done by anybody in the Bay Area, it's automatically <laughs> Bay, Bay Area slap. Like, it doesn't even matter the quality of the slap. If you did it and you're from the Bay, it is now 
certified Bay Slap. Or if you set foot in the Bay for longer than two years, you one of us. It doesn't matter. You one of us. You have a Bay Air influence. It's all because of the Bay that you have your success. <laughs> Leave Master P alone, man. Leave Master, Master P alone, right, bro. Right. That's Come what on. I thought. <laughs> you had to go way back to the ice cream man. Huh? <laughs> is it almost is it almost suspect when people outside the Bay Area like it too much? Do you almost prefer it when it's a local phenomenon? Now, nah, you know what? In the Bay, um, we have this somehow we've crafted this scenario, this imagination where we are the underdogs in every situation, even though like, you know, as Too Short said a long time ago, it's money in the ghetto and we mm-hmm. actually have a pretty decent existence out here. Right. Like there, there are worse places, but I feel like anytime you're in position to acknowledge the Bay, we take all that. It don't matter. <laughs> like as long as you say is from the Bay or I got it from the Bay or I love, like, it don't even matter. We take all that love, all mm. that clout because we feel like we never get enough. No matter what, the rest of the world is always hating. So <laughs> it don't matter who you are. If you just shout us out one time, we like, let's go. You you it. One of my biggest childhood memories is when Jay-Z rapped over the Blow the Whistle beat and the, and the LeBron beat and he said, I fuck with Oakland. Oakland like Brooklyn. I shed a thug tear when he said that. When he <laughs> did that, it was a monumental moment in my life, in my young yeah. life. When he said Oakland was like Brooklyn, I was like, okay, cool. I've never been there before, but yes. <laughs> but Brooklyn yes. is now one of my favorite cities. I've never been Ever. there. I don't know, but Brooklyn is now, yeah. I, I respect I respect the Brooklyn type. We are yeah. simultaneously never in need of validation and always in need of validation. <laughs> like that's, that's the yes. big experience. We don't need nothing from nobody. We're going to do our own thing and we're going to create our own world. And in our universe, we are who we are. And also we would love you to acknowledge that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marcus, am I correct in saying that like me, you were in high school when I got five on it came out. Like, I feel like your personal yes. experience of this song is very different. If you were a teenager when this song came out. Absolutely. I was in high school when it came out. Uh, so it, it leaked a little bit earlier before it blew up. It didn't blow up like outside the bay till I got to college. So I was in Atlanta when it popped. And I remember the stinging sensation of wanting to fight when I heard somebody <laughs> talking about the song and they attributed it to Somebody said, ain't that outcast? And immediately oh, I was just like, wow. <laughs> I had to be like, come on, bro. Like, don't, don't, no, no, don't you even start this. But this was out when I was in high school. The Loonies were legends by then. Their Ice Cream Man album had already made them like hood legends. And this is on the heels of one of Logan's favorites, Drew Down. <laughs> <laughs> Best rapper to ever come out of Oakland, by the way. We have been rocking with C Note music. You know, we've been we have been kind of on that hype. So yeah. I remember this being played at assemblies and games. And before they did it at Oracle, there was a certain addendum to the song. Logan, do you remember at the basketball game, the whole crowd is I got five on it. Yeah. Then, Got him. Yeah. We added something very Oakland, two shorts favorite word, right? And the whole crowd. <laughs> <laughs> this was like this was like before it was even popping though. It wasn't it wasn't I got five on it yet, right? So I distinctly remember that being a part of our school culture and sure. the administrators kind of being like, don't do that. Also, yo, that's fine. That's tight, right? The principal <laughs> also saying like, it under their breath. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did like it. <laughs> it was a very Oakland thing, for sure. No question. 
Yeah. Do you think that nationally people knew that Loonies were from Oakland? Was there like a palpable sense of pride that you had a song that broke nationally the way that did? So I got onto this late. I got onto obviously because I grew up in 93. I was born in 93. So I grew up like late onto it. So I thought it was a tight song in general. And then my mom's told me at like five or six, you know, they from the Bay, right? More specifically, you know they're from Oakland, right? And I'm like, word? It made me, to Marcus's point earlier in this pod, it made me love it even more because I was like, I didn't know that we were that important to the lexicon of the rest of the world. And I was yeah. like, this is our slice of hip-hop. This is ours. And mm. I didn't know the meaning of it at all, but I just knew that this was ours, and I was, had a point of pride to know in my little town was worldwide. You know why this was so huge, too, at the time? This was almost in the heart of the East-West battle, right? right and right. it, it may, be, may be more at, no, nah, it's probably the heart. If you if you go with Pac's death as kind of like, yo, all right, this is too far. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, this, we've taken this way too far. This is like either at the beginning or the cresting of it, or it's like right in the middle. But just, I remember going to school in Atlanta, being in the South, and perennially getting into these debates about who had the best music. And for so long, all of the best West Coast music was connected with Los Angeles, right? It was NWA, it's Ice Cube. And there was so much disrespect for Too Short that literally we used to be ready to go there, right? But it was like, (laughs) oh, Too Short short can't rap. Because, you know, the East Coast dominated the the narrative about music at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yo, if you wasn't lyrical, you wasn't good, right? And Too Short made this trek to Atlanta and kind of helped bring this Bay and this West Coast, this other version of West Coast music on a national scene. But yeah, it was a big deal because you just didn't see us on that level. It was Ice Cube. It was Dr. Dre. It was Easy e It was Snoop. And then maybe we get a Humpty Hump, right? right maybe right, right. maybe we can tell people like, hey, Pac was in the town when he made... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when Pac was mid-Oakland. Brenda's got a baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Same song. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we was kind of claiming that stuff. But the Looties was downright straight out of Oakland. Everything about it was Oakland. I mean, literally, Skrilla National Bank is on the cover, right? Like, Skrilla <laughs> was our word, right? Right, right. So it was our coming out party. It was our, it was our bar mitzvah, right? It was our quinceanera. Like, we grew up. That was our our mark. Like, yo, we we in this thing. Because after that, even like during this same time, Outkast is coming up, right? So now the South Mm -hmm. is coming up. And the sounds are very, they're cousins in that sense, right? There's You can definitely, because we was riding Southern Playlistic Cadillac Folky Music in the town, right? We down internet, we we down UFO slapping that. (laughs) And they out there playing our music. So there was there was definitely a synergy between what the Bay was doing and what the South was doing. So we kind of arrived at the same time. It was it was hella cool uh, just to experience that outside of Oakland, because I'm doing all this in Atlanta. Right. So it's all happening outside of Oakland. The ironic part about this, about you talking about Atlanta and Too Short in regards to the loonies is Too Short should have been on the remix, but they right. was beefing, you know? Mm-hmm. And That's one of the and great Oakland the, beefs, the, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beef. They, at the time, and the beef started beefing. in point, in part because, this beef started in part because 
Too Short was in Atlanta and KML was hating on him because right. in part because he was in Atlanta. Absolutely. That's the ironic part of all of this thing that's going on right now. And Numb said the line that almost destroyed Oakland, hip hop, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, yeah. I, there, I, like literally at that time, I remember there being a like, and you can't say that about short. Like, we love the loonies, but come on, man. It's on play a hater, right? Is that yeah, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why the town got rid of short. Like, oh, okay. We All love right, y'all loonies, right, but you went right. too come far. Relax, relax. This is too short. Too short is a deity in the Bay. Like, yes, it yes. don't even matter. what You can say whatever you want about too short. Too short is a deity in hip-hop music. Everything mm-hmm. he's ever done is now basically sanctified <laughs> by his deification. That, that you can't I, they learned that though. They the loonies had to learn that and, I, and they did. But it was it was tough, man. It's tough watching somebody you love learn these tough lessons, man. They had to get that right. tough love. Because we yep. did love the loonies. Yeah. I someone like Too Short or E40 or Mac Dre, when people on Twitter do these goofy like best rapper of all time lists, are you hoping to see their names? Like do you feel like the Bay's being disrespected when you don't see those names? Hell yes, but maybe not so much for uh, maybe not so much for Mac Dre because Mac Dre was mortalized after he died, right? right he wasn't right. like he wasn't. Hey, hey, say that. Can you say that, please? Can you call out the people who wasn't listening to Mac Dre until that? Y'all was- weren't listening to Mac Dre, and when y'all listening to him right now, I was just feeling myself. Y'all wasn't outside for she never seen. Y'all wasn't outside when it really in the trenches for Mac Dre. That's another story. But you can't be like y'all listen to Mac Dre, but who's Mac Mall? <laughs> Bro, like, come on. That's a, that's, but the, that's the, a telltale sign right there. Yeah, yeah, but I think we get offended when Too Short and E-40 weren't, aren't on those lists for the simple fact that they have such an influence on the way rap is today when you talk right. about independence. Um, independence started in the Bay, then trickled out to the Houstons and all these other different places. You wouldn't have that independent grind without Too Short and E-40 doing it out the trunk of their car. And then... Marcus talked about this earlier about Too Short and going to Atlanta. He influenced a lot of Atlanta artists, including Outkast, who give him his flowers, but nobody else seems to do that. And so we really do get offended because there is a real influence there with Too Short and E-40. All these guys have that type of, like, nobody was on, no West Coast artist was on Biggie's album except for Too Short. There's a lot of influence, and that's why we get pissed. We just want our dude. Just put them on the list. That's all we ask. Put them on the list. I think you're right. In lieu of being on the list, do would work, but that they're not like none of us are actually gonna claim Too Short is the greatest rapper ever. We're not gonna do that. Like we we understand, we love hip hop, we know the levels to it, but there's no way you can take their impact in the culture out of it. My thing was don't act like Curtis Blow was out here doing uh, complex rhyme schemes. You feel me? Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, right. he, but he was a pioneer. You know what I'm saying? So the pioneership of what they were doing, like, that's what we wanted the credit for. Like, nope. When Short did this rock with EPMD, and it's like, these things weren't happening. When Short does, uh, uh, it was all good a week ago with Jay-Z. And keep in mind, this is at a time where literally we're at war. Right <laughs> in hip hop, like right. literally, we're at war. So once again, the Bay brings everybody together, and, and you know what I'm saying. Like so, th- like that. That was an important thing. You talking about some of the uh, the most meaningful collaborations at a time where it did get crazy. Like it was ridiculous. Right. This whole East West stuff, and like mm-hmm. it was out of control and ridiculous. And here comes Too Short, who just had the clout 
to go yeah. to Atlanta and be like, yo, we about to do some music together. And mm-hmm. everybody knew, you know, uh, the Dungeon family knew too short. Eight Ball MJG knew too short. All of them knew Scarface knew too short. Like, it wasn't about like, you know, we could nitpick the rhyme schemes and the patterns and all that. But yeah, that's cool. That's one element. But the other element is who pioneered this stuff? And right. just from the, the, I mean, I don't know how good this is, but the vulgarity, the willingness <laughs> to say whatever, the mm. gangster, like all that is bay. This records was subliminal before, <laughs> before like we got into that, right? It wasn't like, it was like you had to figure it out. You had to know and that was kind of part of the fun of it was trying to, Right. Figure out who was being talked about. And then when the Bay got involved, really Cali, it became, yo, we saying your name. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we call it, yo, I'm talking to you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, all those little influences, man, we just wanted somebody to recognize us for saying that. Because, again, we don't need validation, but we would like to have it. Right. As far as Bay Area rap now, who is taking that mantle like e40 is arguably just constantly passing the torch to himself but is there anyone relatively new now who you can see rising to legend status here he you know, go. go 20 ahead, years here from you now go. You here got, you i go. got the artist man here here this is this funny you ask this question because mark is always mark is always be ready to do it I think the next person up, there's a lot of people that there's all black who's killing it right now. He's out of mm-hmm. East Oakland. Um, not as far east as where Marcus and Richie Rich is from, but he's from the sure. east. Uh, you got Offset Jim who's coming out. Let's go, Offset you got Jim. Offset Jim coming out. <laughs> Offset Jim is another dude from the same hood. Um, you got G Easy. You got a lot of people that are really coming out, but the two ones that are the next ones up. Is Offset Jim in All Black or the next two ones up right now hey, unequivocally? Well, let me tell you my little sneaker. Uh, <laughs> okay. Give him some time, but mm-hmm. Lil Duty from Carter Block. About, <laughs> Lil, hey, Lil Duty, nice though. Don't be playing with me. That He like, he like, he like 10 years old. He's he been doing this since he was 10. <laughs> no, you heard it here first. <laughs> and no, that's one other person that I would like to say, and this is somebody that me and Marcus like, a little Zay Bang from San Francisco who was yeah, another yeah, dude yeah, that's yeah. really hard. Facts. That is Facts. hard. He's he's the next one up. And it's it's really great because we're having another uh, renaissance of Bay Area artists that are all picking each other up right now, you know, because Kehlani messes with all black. And then... Let me mm-hmm. not disrespect. Guap Dad 4000 from West Oakland, too. Let's just I was get, wondering you know, when you were going to get I mean, your Guap little Dad piece in for, here. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. Listen, listen, you know, I got a new piece edited by Justin Sales, who's a producer on here right now. Uh, he sure uh, is. Go look at that on the ringer right there. Guap Dad 4000, West Oakland. Uh, Marcus, I asked you who you wanted to talk about, and you said three times crazy and bad influence. So what's, what is it about them specifically? So the part that I that I love about them and I will always respect their part of Oakland rap specifically and Bay rap was the knock against us for the longest time was we couldn't actually rap. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? It yeah, was like, yeah. I heard that know, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was too short, you know, yeah, too short his beats laughing, he making music, but he can't rap. Mm. E forty was saying weird stuff that people wasn't really feeling yet. Over rapping. Making up work. Yeah, 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 it wasn't. And I I just remember being in college and in the South, but, you know, very East Coast influence, a lot around. And I just remember always being able to put on some three times crazy or some bad influence and make it anybody who had a criticism be like, oh, all right. (laughs) All right. Because they actually knew how to rap. And it was it was revelatory. It was like. So we got the slap, we got the swag, we got the moments, right? We got the songs. 
And we also have the bars, which I think was important. It was important to be able to say, yo, all right, you want to get respect on the grander scheme of hip hop? You actually got to be able to rap. And we they show we had bars. Looney's too. Like, yuck, man. This was also lyricism. So right. for me, I think they don't get enough credit three times bad flip. And you know, Logan, no, we we always trade three times bars, right? But yeah. Aunt Diddley Dog from Bad Influence is one of the greatest rappers I ever heard. I I just I can listen to him all day. Yeah. We used to argue for hours about who was better out of him and rapping rhyme, but it was about rap, right? It was about lyrics, it was about bars, it was about schemes. And they kind of made that cool, right? Mm. It wasn't just about you got to slap and can you cuss? Like, it was like, how you going to put this together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember hearing Angel Man from Three Times Crazy for the first time, and he was in pockets that I had never even heard in my life. Like, he was going, and he was just, it was a cadence that I had never heard before. And I was like, these are some Oakland dudes talk about going up High Street and then going to San Leandro to get on some women. You know what I mean? It felt like right. this hip-hop was really real where I was from. Wait, mm-hmm. one question for you, Rob. I don't want to cut it off. One question for Marcus. Who had the best verse on uh, I Got Five on it right now? Who had the best verse? Give it right now. Are we talking about the remix? Do the remix. The remix. The remix. Yeah. Man, that's not even fair, bro. Like, it's <laughs> one answer. Rich, Richie that's Rich. One. Richie Rich. Thank you. Richie Rich. <laughs> that's not fair, though, man. That's not even fair. <laughs> That's not fair. What's not fair about that? Because it's the coldest verse, right? It's the verse that... Yeah. But you're not going to disrespect Spice One verse on this thing. I'm just saying, though. (laughs) But no, Rich shut it down. Rich shut down the whole thing. Like, where you from? Oakland, Smokeland, that's it. Like, that's ball game. Shut it up. Shut it up. That's the verse whenever we out of town and you play... Because this is the song that gets played out of town no matter what. Right. Whenever we go to a party out of town, we look at each other. We see the other <laughs> Oakland dude that's there. It's, it's, and we go, Oakland. We do the O, and we say smoking, and we say it at the top of our lungs. Yeah. You don't even got to smoke, but you say that part. And then, that's and that, the funniest part. That's the, the thing. That's the best part. Of, I, got, I got five on that. I didn't smoke at all. <laughs> this, was like, this was like our version of watching Cheech and Chong, right? right? Like, it's like, I don't, I don't smoke, but... Man, either it makes you want to smoke or you certainly just love the culture. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like it, it was it was incredible. I, I, you no, you you gonna have to respect some of these verses, bro. Come on. <laughs> you gonna have to respect some of these verses. Rich shut it down, but you gotta you kinda gotta take Rich out the mix, bro. Why like, I gotta take Rich fair. out the mix? All right, all right, I'm gonna go with um this is what I said. This is my top three. I said Richie mm. Rich is first, but we'll take him out. Second one was Drew Down, third one was 40. Because he said, disrespect to Victor Barrett, you be violating my civil rights. Mm-hmm. I learned penal code from E-40. <laughs> I learned the law from E-40. <laughs> it's educational. Yes. But uh, so I, I felt like Spice One was very educational to me, too, because I had no idea what cannabis sativa, right? Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> Rolling up cannabis sativa. What is that? And then you got to... <laughs> <laughs> I was a square, I was a square kid learning about it, right? Like handful mm. of broccoli. What does he mean? What does he mean? Oh, now I know. <laughs> oh, broccoli. That's so yeah. Oh, now yeah. I got what you're talking about. Mm. So our vocab was good. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go with E40. Okay. I'm gonna go with E40. I think that we've settled a lot here today, fellas, and I'm very grateful <laughs> to both of you. Thank you so much for being here and for talking, guys. This has been town business. That's right. Thanks to our guests this week, Logan Murdoch and Marcus Thompson. Thanks, as always, to our producers, Isaac Lee and Justin Sales. And thanks very much to you for listening. And now, without further ado, here are Loonies 
with I Got Five on it. See you next week.